Welcome to the PVO Podcast, the platform where we discuss it all. From culture, to music, to entertainment, sports, business, health, wellness, name. But within everything discussed, we think positive, and we find a silver lining, regardless of the situation. If it's not positive, we don't want it. We hate it. Get it out of here. Yo. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the PVO Podcast. You know the vibes. It's always positivity on this side. Uh, at this point, you guys know who I am. It's Dio, a.k.a. Nino, a.k.a. Don't Leave the Brown Out When You Say Nino Brown, a.k.a. Shadow. <laughs> we got CEO, the CEO in the house. What's up? Yo. yo. We got Walu, a.k.a. And the Oscar for Best Director goes to. What's happening? What's happening? We got the five-star General Nas, a.k.a. A-Biggie. And what up, what up, what up? A.k.a. LeBron, a.k.a. Big Nasty, if you ask me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, when I say we have an amazing guest today, that's no cap. We got the incredible, the abominable, the beautiful, the gracious, the humble, the intelligent, the lovely, the scrumptulescent. <laughs> That's a new one. Beverly Naya is in the house. Wow, wow, wow. Thanks for Bring the, the horns out. Amazing, crazy, you know, dope-ass introduction. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I don't take my introductions lightly at all. But listen, we have a very limited time. I know yeah. a lot of our listeners are very excited to hear Beverly talk about her amazing documentary. It's called Skin. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, as soon as you're done listening to this podcast, it's on Netflix. Go watch Skin. Everybody has Netflix. If you don't have Netflix, I'm sure you have a friend you can steal a login from. Go that. steal that and watch Skin. Um, it's an amazing documentary about colorism, um, and it pulls back the curtain on what it means to be dark skin, light skin uh, person in the world today. And they do a very deep dive on the social, psychological, economical impact that that has on people of color in the world today, obviously told through the lens of a 21st century woman like Beverly Naya. So we're gonna get into all that, but before we do, um, Beverly, you want to tell our guests a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do and where you're from? Because, you know, most of our listeners know who you are, but for those who don't, who, you know, have found themselves very comfortable underneath that rock they call home, uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, hi, everyone. Um, my name is Beverly Naya. I'm an actress, producer, and entrepreneur. Um, you know, as far as acting goes, a lot of people know me for films like... Um, the Wedding Party, you know, Skinny Girl in Transit, mm-hmm. off the top of my head. There's a few. Oh, Tinsel. There's a number, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the ones that people, you know, know me for the most. But um, yes, also a producer. Recently produced my first documentary, well, first project called Skin, which is a documentary that focuses on colorism. And yeah, entrepreneur as well. But me as a person, I'm just um, a chilled chick, you know. Likes to have a good time with my friends, loves to vibe, um, loves to travel. Um, born and raised in London, but I live in Lagos, Nigeria now. I'm from Delta State, the Igbo speak and the Igbo speaking part of Delta, which is Igbozo, and I'm an only child. Igbo Kwenu. Yeah. 
<laughs> Evo Quenu. What up? He said that with an accent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was dope to find out that, that you're Evo too. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. watching a documentary, man, I was telling Nas, you know, that was dope to find out. I did not know that. So shout out to you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because for, for those of our listeners who don't know, two of the PVO bros are Evo. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. three Evo folks. Well, we're still questioning right? LeBron. Three, two and a half. Like, two LeBron's African American. So. Hey, yo, Dio. That shit yo, there was there was one descriptor you left out, right? And like that descriptor is funny as fuck because Bev is hilarious. <laughs> like when I she first met jokes. Bev, like, I, I rolled jokes. up on her like su- super professional. Hi, how you doing? My name is Nas. Uh, you know I'm from uh, Imo State, but I live in New York. And then she just looked at me and said, "Yo, you look just like LeBron. I can't take you serious." And I was like, "Yo, I just bust out laughing." Yo, I'm like, "Yo, Damn. she's funny as hell." And Thanks. you know the rest is history, but. You know, absolutely, but, absolutely. But, but but now we know where you get it from. Your grandmother. Your grandmother's hilarious. I love her. She's my favorite. Yeah, she's super funny, man. You shit, man. Yeah, she's yeah we're, going, we're, we're definitely we're definitely going to get to her. I remember it was so funny the documentary. She's like, ah, look at me. I'm looking like a wine tapa in this old. That's my mom. Pop wine tapa. That's my mom. But that was your mom. That was your mom. Oh, yeah, that was yeah, mom yeah, yeah. Grandma. But listen, the the, the, the jokes funny. go from grandmother to to mother to mother, daughter. Yeah, like, to daughter. yeah. It, it's yeah. It's yeah. in the bloodline. That's for sure. It's in the blood. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But but you know what's it, it's crazy. You know we talk about you being funny and obviously you know. I've known you for a while, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like the documentary you made, Skin, shows a completely different side of you. Not yeah. completely different, but just unexpected. Yeah. Very vulnerable, very open, very raw. Mm-hmm. Um, what What inspired you to make Skin? Like, where did that come from? You know what I'm saying? So, um, Skin came as a result of me feeling like I needed to... Okay, first of all, if I'm going to, you know, take you through the journey, I started a campaign in 2014 called Fifty Shades of Black. And I mean, the reason why I decided to do it was because I wanted to kind of, you know, encourage people to love their black skin, teach people about colorism, you know, um, you know, the negative effects of colorism and how how important it is for us to have this conversation and stuff like that. Um, And the reason why I chose to do that was because I got bullied when I was a kid you know, and um, I know what it feels like to kind of have, you I mean, feel like, I, mean, I know what it feels like to have, you know, low self-esteem. Obviously, I don't have low self-esteem anymore, but I know what it feels like to have low self-esteem as a result of what people or children have said to you, you know, that you may not have realised, you know, affected you until you got a bit older. So um, although I didn't experience colorism in a way, I mean, as a child, in a way that drastically affected how I saw my skin, um, I experienced bullying and, you know, I got bullied for various reasons, um, various physical attributes. And as I got older, what I didn't know is that it had damaged my self-esteem. And, you know, even mm. though my, I mean, I had bad eczema, even though it, it, uh, my eczema cleared and I got braces because I had crooked teeth at one, one point in my life. And even though I had, yeah. you know, fixed all those things and, you know, I mean, I went from this ugly duckling to suddenly this girl that, you know, was pretty or whatever so but because I hadn't dealt with my mental state or how I saw myself internally you know it affected how you know I responded to compliments and how I responded to how people treat me and stuff like that so I realized in my early 20s that I was really I had become very insecure you know in myself and um I felt like okay there's only two ways around this you know you're either gonna 
find yourself and learn how to be confident in your skin or you're just going to change keep changing the things that you hate and never really truly love yourself you know and right. of course I, cho- I chose the former and I was like I want to learn how to love myself appreciate everything about me and um you know when I start when I started that journey I felt like you know I did feel a change and I felt like you know I don't want other people to feel this way you know so initially the right. plan was to do an anti-bullying campaign um it wasn't supposed to be any I wasn't supposed to do a colorism um campaign or anything oh really yeah it was supposed to be an anti-bullying oh, okay. campaign and then um randomly one day I was just doing some research on just you know bullying in general and just you know how it's affecting people getting some statistics etc and randomly stumbled upon a quote by um I'm sure everyone knows this the slave master called um Willie Lynch absolutely Willie Lynch yeah 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 so I stumbled upon um you know his letter and then I stumbled upon upon one of the quotes and it said divide the black slaves by complexion and rule them for 300 plus years yeah and this was said in the 1700s and clearly it's been 300 plus years and we're still dealing with this whole colorism issue and it made so much sense to me you know because obviously his notion was if you put the i mean crossbreed etc put the lighter slaves in the house have the darker ones out on the field etc and you know that's partly why we see complexion the way we do today you know so as a result of me doing research on this and doing more research that kind of made me do more research on colorism and as a result of that i realized that you know even i kind of always knew it but it kind of reinforced the fact that colorism is another form of bullying do you get what I mean? Like you're targeting people because of the way they look and that can't be helped. Oh, absolutely. You know, so yeah. I, I mean, I thought to myself, OK, this is a cause that I've, I've clearly become passionate about. And I'm obviously passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, anti-bullying. So I was like, OK, I'm going to combine both efforts and start a campaign, you know, to target this conversation right. and teach people about self-love and right. how to appreciate who you are. So that's how the campaign started, which was Fifty Shades of Black. And then I felt like I needed to get the message out there you know wider like i needed right. to expand upon you know where where the message was and get people to hear about it even more so that's when the the idea to do a documentary came about and that's how skin was birthed took a while but we got so there. so i'm assuming that's where your director etim Effion came into to play he did he come in at the you know the campaign stage that you were doing no. before or yeah. when you wanted to now transform into a documentary he came over because yeah. he's incredible i thought yeah. he, he did was a directed really incredibly job. well the yeah. music was amazing mm-hmm. yeah so how mm-hmm. did that relationship come about like how did you meet him and how did you guys decide to go on this journey together i start i decided that i wanted to do a documentary in 2014 so that's when the idea came mm-hmm. to me but um, oh, you it's know, been a while now. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been, been a while. Yeah, it's been a journey. Oh, okay. Mhm. But then you know, it was easier said than done. Do you get what I mean? Like, I mean, it was hard. To, I couldn't nice. get the funding for it. Um, you know, I just it just wasn't working out. So I kind of felt like I wasn't going right. to do it anymore. And then one day, like I was on, I was do- shooting a project with um, Daniel Etim Epiong, and he's a, he's a part time director. And I remember telling him about this dream of mine and wanting to do it. And then he was like, go for it. Yeah. Why, why don't you want to do it? You know, and what I really loved and appreciated, you know, um, about that whole situation was the fact that he was you could tell that he was passionate and willing from the get go. 
And I felt like if I'm going to work with someone, I want to work with someone that clearly is passionate about this topic and clearly does want to, you know, get it right with me, you know. So um, around that time, I'd already secured the funding, you know, for skin. Yeah. And I I mean, but I got cold feet. I won't lie. I got cold feet. And I told I told Daniel, like, look, you know, I've changed my mind. I know I've got the funding now, but I've changed my mind. (laughs) I want to do a web series, you know. And I was like, why would you want to do a web series? Do the documentary. Like, I know you've wanted to do this for a long mm. time. Do the documentary. So right. he got me back on this journey. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been amazing, you know, working with Daniel. Like, he, he understood my vision and he brought it to life. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah. And then b- before I throw the question out, because I know all the other PBO bros have a ton of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, another question I had was, how did you guys go about sourcing the individuals in the documentary? Yeah. Um, because I think you guys picked a very big array, wide array mm-hmm. of individuals, you mm-hmm. know, light, light skinned folks, dark yeah. skinned folks, locals, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, people, people on, on different socioeconomical, on, the, mm-hmm. on different parts of the socioeconomical ladder. Yeah. How do you guys find these people? Like some of those locals... <laughs> especially and it's crazy because her name doesn't come up in the documentary um so i just call her the alchemist but she's the lady who who oh, makes yeah. the the different mm-hmm. potions and stuff and yeah and uh she started weeping when you asked her the question like yeah. you know, if you could go back to your original skin tone would you and she was like mm-hmm. yes you know no she said no she said no i don't i don't regret changing my skin but then she started crying yeah so it was powerful. like oh, what's, what's what's going that on scene was so that's powerful. my favorite so moment in the, in the documentary like yeah. it's so powerful yeah. and it tells a story yeah. so how do you and find those people so um when it comes to like the the celebrities that we use in the documentary like um most most of them had a story that I really wanted people to hear, you know, like um, Diana Yakini. I'd already known about her journey and her story long before the documentary, you know, so she's been a part of this um, 50 Shades of Black campaign for a while. I'm sorry um, to cut you off. Any yeah. relation to any relation to Rashidi Akini? I don't know if you remember Rashidi Akini, the, the soccer player from way back <laughs> in the day. I could when, ask when her. her name, I don't know, to be honest, but I yeah, could ask her. When her name popped up, I was like, oh, is Rashidi Akini your pops? And <laughs> um, I could but ask yeah, but her. Sorry, continue. No, it's fine. Yeah, so, please, I please. mean, we you know. know, like, it was important for me to, to kind of select people that had a story to tell. So, you know, the people that I chose actually right. had something to say. And it was also important to mm-hmm. show... Um, the different shades of black that we have because I feel like a lot of the times because that's remember the campaign was initially was originally called 50 shades of black and that's because we have 54 shades of black so it was important for me to represent that in the documentary to show that there are different shades of beauty and because one person is light-skinned does not automatically take away from your own beauty so that was kind of the underlying message there and also recognizing that you know um Colorism affects us all. Do you get what I mean? Like, there's, right. it, although it affects dark-skinned people a lot more, it's important to kind of look at all kinds of, um, all perspectives and kind of, you know, draw your own conclusions or opinions. So yeah. that's, I think that was important. Now, in regards to, um, you know, the local people that we found, um, that was um, the director, um, the director and our location manager felt like it was important yeah. for us to, to pick an area that's really well known for bleaching. And Makoko it was actually at the top of that list. So that's like mm. a hub for a lot of, you know, bleaching products, a lot of, um, you know, DIY bleaching products, ETC. So it just made sense to go there. 
and um, yeah. yeah, how we found the fe- the the women. Um, there's like um, a brothel there, and the women, most of the women that right. work there, are well known for doing that. Well known for um, bleaching their skin, and you know, it was it, it just felt like it would be very interesting to understand why you know why they do it. And um, in regards to the lady that was making the creams, yeah, um, we yeah. we specifically asked for someone that makes cream like um bleaching creams like we wanted to speak right. to someone and then they they called her because she's quite well known for for making those creams but she's well known for making organic bleaching creams so <laughs> sounds, right. sounds like whatever that means right exactly whatever that but, means. Um, I, I, yeah. I i have i have other questions i have other yeah. questions as to you know because like you say you know the the hub is makoko which exactly. for our listeners who don't know that's in lagos nigeria it's in lagos city yeah. Um, and it's a very extremely low income part of, of Nigeria. Yeah. So it's funny to me, the, the numbers sometimes don't even add up because it's supposed to be this big industry that's making so much money. Mm-hmm. Yet some of the people who are known locally for making these creams are not necessarily benefiting from mm-hmm. from that. So I guess that's a, a conversation for another yeah. podcast. <laughs> deep dive on who's yeah. who's really benefiting from all this other stuff. But, I'll, you know, I'll throw it out to the PVO bros, you know, um, if you guys have any questions. As to how this this uh, documentary got made, you know, and put together. Yeah, <clears throat> a quick question I had was, um, you know, why why did you get cold feet at a point, and you know, how did you how did you overcome that? Because I think that's important because a lot of people, you know, probably go through um, similar phases, right? When they want to embark on doing something, um, you know, they get cold feet about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, what 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 was that process like for you? For me, because like at the time I hadn't produced a thing. Do you get what I mean? I hadn't done a single project, mm. and I just didn't want to mess it up. You know, I was I, yeah. because it's a, it's a very sensitive topic, and True. I didn't want to mess it up because it was so important to me. So I just, you know, the more I thought about it, the more overwhelmed I became, and I felt like the project was too, was bigger than me. You know, so I was too scared to do yeah. it. Yeah. So that was the main reason why. Okay. Yeah, and obviously, I, I'm I'm guessing just from you know personal reasons as well. Like making a documentary about a subject like this requires a lot of vulnerability. I know we talked about it, yeah. um, and I know Chi mentioned earlier on, or rather, you mentioned earlier on how it affects everybody. I know it's mm-hmm. definitely more specific towards females, but mm-hmm. colorism is something that definitely affects guys as well. Of you know course. what I mean? Like I told yeah. you, I watched it. And when I was watching, I was kind of thinking about just my own life, you know, mm-hmm. as a black man, as a dark skinned man myself. And like, yeah. obviously, I don't think it affects men as much as it does women, just because mm-hmm. the standards of beauty are so strict for women in the world today. Exactly. But for men, I mean, yeah, when, when I was younger, too, I mean, my nickname growing up was Shadow because I'm dark skinned. <laughs> so, That's a right? Fact. We, still, we, <laughs> right. Still, we still call you that. <laughs> my boys still call me Shadow till today. Till so, like, I, you know, I start thinking to myself, like, yo, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, listen, I can't really remember, but I'm sure as a, as a kid, that was a form of weaponizing something that was used to tease me growing yeah. up, right? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to take this thing that people are using to tease me and I'm going to I'm gonna own it and make it exactly. my own thing, right? I and agree it, with you. Right? Yeah. And I, listen, I don't think anybody specifically told me to do that. I just think it just came instinctively. I think because naturally Nigerians are very strong people. But when you do the deep dive and you uncover some of these things you realize there's some trauma there i, mm-hmm. I told you like your documentary damn near brought me to tears right because yeah. it's like wow maybe right maybe i've been masking some of this trauma for, yeah, for a while you exactly. know trying to making a nickname or something like that you know so and you know, that's what made it important because i wanted people to think you know i wanted to allow people to kind of express themselves or you know think deeply about what they're watching and mm-hmm. then 
come to terms with some issues that they may have not even thought of or dealt with at all you know um interestingly though i wasn't actually supposed to be in the documentary you know um before before i teamed up with daniel like i had no intentions of being in the documentary i just wanted to cover the issues you know and that's it create a documentary around it but then danny was like you know you need to make it more personable um and make it more Mm. personal as well you need to put people in, in a position where you know, just by virtue of hearing your journey and your story, that it will resonate in a way that yeah. you probably wouldn't have if you if you weren't in it. And I literally fought, you know, I kicked up a fuss, everything. I was like, I do not <laughs> want to be in this documentary. I don't want to be vulnerable. Right. I don't want to talk about my own issues. I don't mind talking about it in interviews, but to do it right in front of a camera, like, I don't want to do that. But um, yeah. in the end, he managed to convince me. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I have no intentions of, um, going deep, you know, neither do I have any intentions yeah. of crying, none of that. I ended up crying for most yeah. of the, do- the, the bloody documentary, <laughs> but um, yeah, because it was raw. Yeah. Thank, thank yeah, God he convinced I mean, you, honestly. Yeah. Thank God yeah. he convinced you. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say that too, man. Like, I'm, I'm glad you were in it because it, it made it more authentic, you know, to me. Um, yeah. you know, like Dio said, it was raw, it was honest, and, and honestly, you did an, an amazing job with it. You know, you left no stone unturned at all. Um, from from little kids to the impact it has on young women, young girls actually. Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. as young as five, six, seven years old, all the way to to adult women. Um, so mm-hmm. I think you did an amazing job, and it certainly uncovered a lot that. You know, us as, as black men, too, you know, we don't even realize, you know, the impact exactly. that the colorism, you know, really has um, on women. And, yeah. and all of us, you know, all have uh, friends, mm-hmm. and sisters, you know, family, you know, who are dark skin, dark skin women, especially sisters, you know. Yeah. So just thinking about that, um, you know, from their point of view, it's like, it's like, wow. And certainly had all the feels. Like I was telling Nas and Dahlia, like, it was it was emotional for sure. It was, it was just, yeah. it was tough to watch that, you know, just imagining yeah. what people are going through, you know, the level of, of uh, bullying people are, are dealing with. Um, so I, I want to commend you on that, man. You did an amazing job. Thanks, G. Absolutely. Yeah, I got a question. Question, yeah. Ben. So how, how, was that exper- how was that experience, you know, talking to the kids, um, you know, um, having that discussion with them about colorism? How some of, the, some of the, the answers they gave you, you know, how did that make you feel? Mm. And yeah. also, in addition to that, what's the... Like, what's the relationship that you have with the kids afterwards? You know, like, is this something where you're, you know, you check up on them like every couple of months, and you know, or you're gonna, you know, follow up with them mm-hmm. because uh, I feel like you know that'd be great. But yeah. you go, go right ahead. So, like, in regards to um, you know how I felt when I listened to the children, like, you know, of course it, it struck a nerve. Like, it was, it was, it was devastating mm-hmm. to to listen to, but I knew yeah. it was gonna happen. I knew it was going to happen because if you look at the content that children watch daily and, you know, the type of toys that these children are playing with, ETC, it's inevitable for some of these children to feel this way. And I already knew, like, I I mean, in the documentary when I was asking um, the little girl why she felt that way, I already knew she wasn't going to have the answer, you know? I already knew it, you know, Mm -hmm. because... you're just kids are like they're literally a sponge they're just absorbing information and that's about it like they don't know what they're absorbing they don't know how to filter and that's just basically it so it definitely broke my heart you know and um you know as an adult i understood why she felt that way because 
she's re- yeah. received information that's made her feel like dark is bad or black is bad and light is good, you know? So mm-hmm. I could totally understand why she felt that way, which was why, um, you know, in the next scene, it was Hild- um, the actress Hilda Dokubo talking about her culture. Right. And when she's saying, like, in her culture, you know, masquerades, I mean, black exactly. masquerades are evil and the white mm-hmm. ones are right. an- angelic and beautiful and all that stuff. Yeah. So it kind of, right, right. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of helps you understand. If you didn't get it in that moment, the next scene helps you understand where that thought right. process comes from, you know? So, yeah, right. I mean, it definitely... And, yeah. Yeah, and, ev- and even going into you know the issue of images like mm-hmm. you, you hit on something important right mm-hmm. the kids are so yeah. young they're unaware right sponges and the yeah. images that we in the media create really affects children on a psychological level i mean this exactly. little girl said yeah. well i'm black but i'm not black black, black, black. right yeah. and and yeah. i love and i love how you then pivot into you know what creates these images and you guys took it down to like literally mm-hmm. like a camera and mm-hmm. i and I actually i knew about this before right that when Kodak was developing cameras, they had yeah. something called the Shirley, yeah. the Shirley test. Yeah. Uh, Shirley was just some white woman, and cameras were not even made for black people. Like we were not really considered wow. in any kind of default when cameras were made. So if cameras aren't made to be able to handle our skin, and I guess Walu, you can talk about this a little bit because you're a director. But if cameras are not even really made to handle darker skin tones, then you know is the is the question of like lighter skin people being more camera friendly valid because yeah the camera was made to make you look good right good, Those, yeah you know, lighter yeah. skin people to make make them look valid. good so is, so is that the case is it valid because you know we weren't even considered that process yeah you know? yeah i mean when you put it like that i mean that's just the reality of the situation so but the, the but it's unfortunate like i just feel like we need to finally like we need people that are willing to kind of challenge that and look into it yeah. you know like start doing some research to figure out how we can start creating cameras that favor darker skin tones like it <laughs> there really is no excuse you know i feel especially in 2020 yeah. we shouldn't have to rely so heavily on, on lights etc like we need people that are creating and you know willing right. to develop new equipment to favor darker skin tones but for whatever reason it's mm. just not a priority which isn't fair you know so mm-hmm. i feel like yeah that's something someone should definitely look into and just cash out yeah. <laughs> you know the thing the thing the thing about the camera is that um it's more so like a tool like an yeah. artist with his paintbrush the camera is just a tool it's all about the artist that right. uses it so mm-hmm. exactly. there, there are plenty mm. of ways exactly to, to use the camera in a way that favors darker skin tones and there are a lot mm-hmm. of uh, directors of photography who specialize in uh black and, and darker skin tones um, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Like me, me personally, I grew up, you know, idolizing Hype Williams, um, DP, his DP, Malik Saeed, um, the DP, Bradford Young, who's a, uh, a Howard graduate. And they, they're really well Absolutely. known in the, in, the, in the industry for highlighting Legends. black skin and making it look mm-hmm. beautiful. So, Amazing, um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of my area right there. Yeah. So yeah. like it's, it's a tool and if you know how to use it, um, effectively i think it's an advantage me personally i like i kind of like the way lights and and things uh affect darker skin tones they pick up colors more richly Mm -hmm. than um, Mm. other skin tones dude i love i love bradford young bradford young is incredible i think he i think he dp'd selma which i think honestly is one of the most beautiful movies shot that have black people in it Mm -hmm. i remember i watched the little documentary or maybe it was the director's commentary for that movie 
and Ava DuVernay, who's the director of Selma, was talking about how she, when her and Bradford were looking for references for the scenes where Martin Luther King and his wife were having conversations at home in, mm -hmm. in the bed together, right? These intimate conversations at night. Like, there's no, ref they had almost no references to go back to to see how do we light dark-skinned people in the dark, right? Yeah. Because, you know, mm. um, the, the, the actor playing Martin Luther King, David Oyelowo, is more dark-skinned, and yeah. his wife, um, very light-skinned. So how do you light how do you two do that? very, one, yeah. yeah, how do you do that? And there yeah. was no, they couldn't find references. Crazy. So they had to create that That's on the spot, crazy. you know? And even like, yeah. yeah. No, go on, go on. Yeah, but even like Insecure, Insecure yeah. is another show. Yeah. I was just going to mention they get, that. They light black people so Perfectly. beautifully. And, and the photograph, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you've seen that film, I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah as well. photograph yeah. as well. But what I was right. going to say is right. like, this is partly what I'm saying. Like, like in everything, when you're, as a black person, in everything that we have to do in life, we have to work so hard. Do you know, we have to work hard for everything. Yeah. Like we, even down to the way we're, even down to lighting. Like, why do we have to work so hard? You know, why can't we just have equipment that just does the job? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. it, it's, it's unfair. Like in everything that we have to do, like wh whether it's work, whether it's, you know, whether it's um, an interview, whether it's whatever, as black people, we have yeah. to work so hard to make it happen. And why is it affecting yeah. us even in filmmaking? Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, we yeah. always have to do extra work. So I just feel like it's about right. time that something happens to change that narrative, you know? I don't think it should still right. be happening in 2020, where, you know, as, as filmmakers, you know, in order to have a black person in a film, it's like, okay, I want the black person's skin tone to look perfect. Therefore, I'm going to have to do this and create the lighting so it looks, I mean, do this to the lighting so it looks like this and blah, blah, blah. Whereas a white person just jumps on set and it's like, okay, we're good to go, you know? And that's yeah. basically mm -hmm. how it is in real life. It's symbolic to a certain degree. Right. So I guess this transitions perfectly into our next yeah. question. I know Chi, it looked like you had a question. Did you have a question real quick? Yeah, I, 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 I just had one comment. I haven't, yeah, answered, I was, this, I, um, haven't answered Nas's second oh, question. Oh yeah, the end, the kids. That's yeah. Right. That's right. <laughs> Nas is getting pissed. <laughs> <laughs> my fault. My fault. Nah, I, my fault. What about the kid? It ain't about what me. What about the kids? So in regards to the children, you know, in regards to the you know, of course we couldn't include everything, you know, in the documentary. So I had a long talk with those kids in regards to, you know, loving themselves and appreciating themselves. There's even some parts of the documentary that we couldn't include you know where and one of the little girls actually started crying on my laps you know and that really wow. broke my heart but then um in regards to afterwards you know conversations with the parents you got you know it's it's their responsibility to ensure that they are learning they're teaching their children how to appreciate their black skin and how to love themselves from within so That's if right. they have a better understanding of how this works then when they watch the documentary they will know how to do better so that's basically it facts um yeah so that's to answer your question yeah that's basically it i know for a fact that um the mother of the child that said um you know i'm not black but i'm i'm not i mean i'm not black black, black. Not i know black, she black. was shocked when she saw the documentary mm -hmm. and she was like Damn, you know that's deep i didn't even think about that yeah it definitely moved her and i know for a fact that she's she as a result of that documentary that she definitely chose to change the way she mm -hmm. talks to her child where beauty is concerned so that's basically it right. you know all the parents i mean all the parents have definitely seen the documentary so they know what they need to do in order to do better so yeah and uh, and all other parents including us when we become parents absolutely 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I just wanted to give another example in regards to a movie that, you know, shot a dark skinned woman in such a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. Belly. Right? Keisha from Belly. We all grew up on that movie. Yo, love like, Keisha. Like everybody, I remember being a kid. Oh, you haven't seen Belly? Wow, that's your homework yeah, you, you for this week. Belly. Belly. Yeah, you got to see yeah. Belly, but it's, it's, okay. it's definitely a cultural movie. Yeah. And Hood it classic. was the first. Hood classic, yeah, exactly. That's Malik Saeed. That's Hype Williams, okay. director of photography. Mm. Malik they used to go through film stocks and experiment. Yeah. Brown sugar is another one. What's what, what's the other one? Brown sugar. Okay. Oh yeah, brown sugar is another oh, yeah. one. So yeah, they're out there. Yeah. They're out there. We need a lot more though. So, but they're out there. I'm, I mean, Absolutely. I'm proud that you know we're doing well where it comes to, you know, making the most of out of the situation and making sure that black people look great on film. I mean, I'm in front of the camera mm -hmm. on ETC. So I'm proud of that. I just want. I just, I just want someone to just create that camera that can do the work. <laughs> Absolutely. Walu, Walu, he, he create anything. PVO, we got we to... PVO, that's our homework, right? We got to pivot, huh? We got to start making cameras? Yeah. <laughs> we got to pivot. The camera's just a brush, man. It's all about the artist. The camera's a brush. Absolutely. That's it's just a brush. That's just so we need to train more, like, directors, photographers, like, mm -hmm. in regards to... You know, doing yeah. that. Yeah, so maybe you like yeah. black people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I've, I've okay. definitely had experiences like that on set myself. I've had experiences where I've heard DPs come to me with a little light meter and they put it to my face, and I've heard them sigh like, <sighs> right? And I'm like, <laughs> like wait, dog, are you, you serious? About? Like, yeah, like wow. they come up to me and like, and it's usually like, and and uh, listen, I'm too not dark. Gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna say the show or you know that I was on, but like. It's say, usually, say, I'm just kidding. You know, <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm, I'm on set. I'm usually the darkest person, and mm -hmm. it's always like everybody so, else's key light is like perfect. But for some reason, like, uh, like if we raise dials light too much, the person he's standing next to gets blown out. I'm like, let yeah. them get blown out. Why do I get? Why do? Why do I have to be? Why do I have to be underlit for them to look good? Like you know what I'm saying? So it's a yeah. ratio. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Right, right. But, but yeah, right. But I think this transitions into our next question a lot better which is okay now having made this documentary and all the revelations that have come out of it you know how has it changed you as a person personally and mm -hmm. also how is how does it redefine your success methodology like you know now being an actress right you know a, a dark-skinned actress how do you now navigate you know the industry like you know what you know how does that change those dynamics right in in terms of like how do you now meaning if I want to lose weight to look better on camera, I can do that to get more roles, you know, like in terms of the type of roles you go for, like maybe in the past, you know, if you read a breakdown that said, oh, we're looking for, you know, the pretty girl where maybe a more insecure, darker girl would go, oh, I'm not even going to go up for that role. But now having this revelation of like, no, beauty is what we define it to be. You know, now she can go up for those roles. She has the confidence to do that. Like, how has mm -hmm. that changed you personally? And, you know, in how you define success in your success methodology. Yeah. Personally, I would say, you know, um, hmm, I feel like it's just made me more aware, you know, um, and it's made me appreciate myself even more, <laughs> you know, um, I feel like mm. confidence awesome. is so important, you know, and understanding who you are and finding yourself and discovering yourself. I can't, I can't even begin to express how important this, these things are. Like, I feel like everything you are and how you think and why you're you're making your cho choices and decisions um all about mm -hmm. bo bo um, boil down to how you see yourself and 
who you believe yourself to be you know so I think more than yeah more than ever it's just definitely made me um even more clear on my goals like who I am why I'm doing what I do um and you know like it's made me trust my my instincts even more because i feel like when you're clear on who you are then you can trust everything that you just decide to do because you know that you always you're always going to have your best interest at heart so i feel like in that regard um you know it's definitely impacted me but i feel like also it's kind of it's kind of reinforced my purpose you know like um it's it's become increasingly more important to me like it's always been important you know, I, I mean, to an extent that I just feel like it's a calling, but more than ever now, like, I feel like it's it's important for me to use my gifts and, you know, um, my knowledge to kind of inspire and empower other people, you know? And I feel yeah, like man. that's where I am right now. You know, I just feel like there's a quote yeah. that I kind of live by and it's by Martin Luther King. And he said, um, life's most consistent question is what are you doing for others, you know? Um, and mm. I live by that, you know, mm. and the reason why I feel like that, 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 that statement is so important and that question is so important is because what is the essence of your existence if you're not inspiring other people, you know, what is the, what is the essence of it? And I feel like that's kind of what inspires everything that I do. Like, how can, how can this project impact this person or how can this change this person's life? Or how can I be, how can I use my gifts to kind of be there for this person? Or, you know, that's basically, that's basically how I am right now. And that's the zone I'm in. So, um, yeah, I think that's it really. Absolutely. You have to yeah. know yourself. Bev, yeah. Bev, that, that was bars. I think you might have to come out with an album. That was bars. <laughs> you dropped a bomb you know on that. You might have to. He was dropping bombs. I'm dropping like, all the bombs. <laughs> he was like, you might have to come out with an EP or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but I think, um, I mean, like I said, the documentary was super inspiring. And I was looking at a lot of the comments um, under your photos on Instagram. A lot of the feedback, it looks like a lot of young women and adult women are very inspired by it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, just truly yeah. appreciating, you know, how beautiful they are and continues to push, you know, the conversation um, and just how beautiful black is. You know, if you think about people like, uh, you know, Lupita, um, you know, when people see her, you know, they realize, you know, how, mm-hmm. how beautiful black is. I think, you know, people see you as well. And, you know, it just, can, it just you know, further perpetuates that, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Um, definitely very, very, very inspiring. And, and I think there's, there's definitely a, a, a huge psychological aspect to it, which, which you kind of addressed as well. And I was going to make a comment earlier when, when Dario mentioned, uh, you know, people calling him Shadow earlier, but, you know, it didn't really affect him in the same way. You know, him being a, a man, it didn't affect him in the same way. And in your documentary, you know, you showed a lot of women who mentioned that the reason why they wanted to be light-skinned was in order to attract men. Right, because you know mm-hmm. society, society, you know, that says that. You, mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly, you know, because society says that men are more attracted to to light skinned women, you know, as opposed to dark skinned women. So it certainly affects women in a different way. And I think it's it's, it's sad to see how you know a lot of women um, go about living, you know, in terms of trying to please, you know, men, you know, allowing men mm-hmm. to define them, and you know, really, really conforming, you know, to to the standards that men set, as opposed to you know, yeah. setting their own standards, you know, loving themselves regardless of how a man feels. So I think that revelation um, is, is key. It's key. I agree. Totally, totally agree with you. I think it's life's persistent question is what are we doing for others? Absolutely. But, you know, it, like, yeah. and this goes back to 
I, I tried to tag this a few seconds ago, but it just goes back to, in order to help people, you have to be a full person in yourself. Thank you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because That's if you're, fact. yeah, if you're overly helping other people and you mm -hmm. haven't done the work on your own self and excavated the skeletons in your closet, mm -hmm. you can't be able to help people. Other you have people. To, you have yep. to fill yourself to full. I agree. So you can get to the place where you can help other I people. I agree. You know and that's actually something that I was supposed to mention earlier that I forgot to say. Um, when I first started the Fifty Shades of Black campaign, like what I didn't realize was yeah. me doing that campaign was going to heal me as a person. Because, you know, like I was, you know, right. like obviously when I was doing these, um, having these talks with these young girls and stuff like that, I would be saying stuff like, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're enough. Like, and I would have all these powerful quotes and all these powerful phrases that I would be sharing with these girls. But what I didn't realize was that yeah. it became affirmation for me. Do you get what I mean? And I started to believe mm, everything yeah. that I was saying to these girls. So it became very therapeutic. Yeah. And before I knew it, I was, I was, a, I was becoming more and more of a whole person and I had healed myself in yeah. ways that I never imagined I could. So yeah, um, that was very, very um, instrumental to so, the woman so, I am today. So, Absolutely. so Bev, what role, I mean, going back to my last comment about, you know, women conforming to men, I mean, what role do you think men need to play, you know, in order to, to change going forward. exactly mm -hmm. going forward, you know? I just think it's very important for men to kind of be more aware of what they say and how they treat women. Like Dio, I remember Dio in a message to me, he said like black men need to do better. And that's a fact. It goes beyond just, you know, um, just, oh, she's beautiful. Like you've got to make sure that you're not, you're not disrespecting other women because you have a preference or whatever. You have to make sure that you're treating a woman like the queen she is and making sure that you're respecting her and you're honoring her. Um, you also have to be, you also have to educate yourself, you know? Um, you can't just rely on what you think you know. You need to educate yourself. You need to become more aware of your actions, your thought process, um, you know, how, how you handle situations and how you treat women because right. at the end of the day, like, if we're not being, being treated right by you, then, I mean, it, <laughs> it's a lose-lose situation for everyone, you know? So I just Absolutely. feel like, See, yeah. Yeah, you know, we talk about the little girl who said, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not black, I'm black, black. Mm -hmm. And when you asked her, why do you think black is bad? And she had no idea, no idea. why she thought yeah. black. Would... Men have to, men, we have to do the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. if, if we're out there and we have a preference for lighter skinned girls, have we ever asked ourselves why? Why, why do mm -hmm. I like light skinned girls yeah. more? Mm -hmm. Have you ever, like, do you even know why you like that? Like, of course, mm -hmm. maybe it's just a per perpetuation of media over the years exactly. that yeah. affect affects a dark-skinned girl into thinking that she's not attractive mm -hmm. also affects us into thinking dark-skinned women are not attractive yeah. like so yeah. we need to ask ourselves like what are, what are the what are the real criteria for mm -hmm. for a woman and that turns us on as men like what's mm -hmm. what are you really looking for and obviously you know things like social media perpetuate yeah. Doesn't help. shallow culture i agree right. yeah totally it agree. just perpetuates shallow culture totally you know agree. and so and i've yeah, always we said this as well all these things we have to rethink as well like because i've always said this like you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a preference i stand by that do you get what i mean like true we, we mm -hmm. are attracted to people for different reasons the problem is the reason for that preference or preference your reasons for that preference yeah. do you get what i mean and if i feel right. like if you search deeply and you find that your reason for your preference represent or put i mean depict that depicts um self-hate self-hate for example then you need to do a lot of soul searching and figure you need to start figuring out why you feel yeah. this way like when i i went to ghana and um because I've, I've been doing a youth tour before the documentary came out on skin i was doing a youth tour um around you know 
West Africa and stuff. So uh, when I did, when I took the documentary to Ghana, and um, I was talking to some university students, um, you know, I mean, we're talking about preference etc and then one guy said you know like literally blurted out like oh i don't like dark-skinned women i only date light-skinned girls this guy is darker than a shadow no pun intended do you get what i mean like he was dark and you know great skin whatever but i was like his so mama him, his mama probably dark too that was my next question that was my next question i was like i was like so what what's your reason for feeling like you only like light-skinned girls you know and then he was like, he just thinks that they're prettier. Meanwhile, literally 95% of the girls in the room were dark skinned, you know? And I was like, okay, you think they're prettier. Um, what complexion is your mum? And then he mm. paused. I was like, oh, just of ask him a question. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, she's, she's like my complexion, she's dark. I said, so your mum's unattractive? Ooh. He literally was silent like for like 30 Daddy. seconds <laughs> and then i was like what about your siblings he said all his siblings are dark skinned but he just feels like yeah. you know he likes he wants he wants to be with a light-skinned woman you know and i was like yeah but why yeah. do you want to be with a light-skinned woman he said because i'm dark and i don't want my kids to be as dark as me that's wow. interesting. Wow. and i my mind was that, blown so i spent the next that's five deep. minutes just kind of talking to this guy Please and help. helping him realize that yeah. what he's saying basically suggests that he he has yeah. i mean he's dealing with self-hate you know and it's a major issue yeah. and it's something that he needs to deal with and i noticed that he was quiet for the rest of the session but i feel like it really did affect him mm -hmm. you know so that's what i'm saying when it comes you to made him think about thing, it yeah exactly when Absolutely. it comes to this whole preference thing you have to be able to give a reason or think about it deeply and when you think about it deeply your reason should not make you look like an idiot do you get what i mean or make you look like i definitely you know have some issues that i need to deal with internally you know so that's that's basically right. it and the reason why i was saying that also is because you know when we talk about preference and everything you know dark-skinned women we a lot of dark-skinned women often say stuff like oh i like my dark men all this this type of stuff and i know mm. that men kind of challenge mm. that statement and they're like why is it okay talk for you to it. say that but when a white mm. like when dark man says that i like light-skinned women it's a problem you know your reasons that's where the problem is you know your reasons that's where the problem right. is the preference really isn't the problem and i think there was a, mm. a big shift at some point um you know to your comment about light-skinned men and dark-skinned men because there was a point in time where women you know generally were looking for light-skinned men all over the place and and now you know dark-skinned brothers no offense while well, but you know we're, we're all the way in right now you know and, 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 I'm, and i'm wondering you know if you think it's, about it's it like what i'm, all, I'm always in. it's phases baby you know what i'm saying <laughs> well, well, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, no, i'm always I'm like Oh, I wonder what sparked that yeah. shift, though. If you, if you think about it, like, like what, what sparked what? that shift back then, you know, where Dawson men just took over? Like, was it portrayal in the media? You know, they were putting people like, like, like Tate well, Diggs and uh, well, like you know, uh, Morris Chestnut and people I feel like, like for a lot of women, Wesley Snipes and I don't all that. Like, it it it's so weird. Like, you know, like, it's something that, you know, like, I've always, I've always kind of, like, wondered as well. Like, what is it? But I just feel like, for whatever reason, like literally for whatever reason, I feel like when, I don't want to say this cause I don't want to like, <laughs> you know, but say it. I think it's just, say I think it's something to do with feeling protected and it's literally just an illusion. It means mm. absolutely nothing. Do you get what I mean? Mm. But there's something about, you know, like the dark skinned man or whatever that just kind of makes you feel like 
you, he would protect you. And memes have not helped. Let's be honest, yeah? These memes <laughs> have not helped, you know, Drake, um, not this narrative either, at all. I feel like Drake huh? is not helping either, man. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I, I gotta say, to, to, to add to add to your point, Bev. Like, yeah. if you look at you know competitive bodybuilders, mm-hmm. they always like overly bronze their skin, right? Like, if there's a, a white guy who's a bodybuilder, when they get big and they're going mm-hmm. into competition, why point. do they always like overly yeah. tan? They spray like this to look darker. So I guess for some, for, in a weird way, something in our minds just mm-hmm. lets us know that. Or rather, I mean, it's a perpetuated thing in the media that dark, darker skin looks tougher, looks harder, mm-hmm, looks, mm-hmm. you know. So I feel like... Um, this and I guess that's because of the yeah. contrast. I think it's because of the contrast. The contrast. The, the muscles, the yeah. light and the dark, it more accentuates the muscles. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like it kind of, kind of makes you think about this whole preference thing and makes you wonder, do we have these preferences because, what we see in, because of what we see in the media or because of what we see on TV? Do you get what I mean? Like, it even makes you question that. Mm-hmm. Because, right. you know, like, because of how dark-skinned men are kind of portrayed or whatever on TV, in films and blah, 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 like, it's kind of influenced to a certain degree how women see dark men. Right. And it, the, yeah. the reverse has happened, you know, for women and, I mean, right. for men and how they see dark women. Do you get what I mean? Right. And it's kind of weird when you think about it. Yeah, because I also want to go to something that your grandmother said in a documentary. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. When you asked her, like, you know, yeah. Grandma, when you were younger, did you ever feel... She 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 didn't. I don't remember her saying that she felt some kind of way because she was darker or felt mm-hmm. like she wasn't as attractive as as the lighter-skinned women. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it got me to thinking, like, visual medium... I'm sure yep. your grandmother has been around for quite, quite yep. a long time. And yep. visual medium was not as strong of a thing back when she was younger so maybe it didn't quite play a role but as you know the camera became became you know more and more frequently used and like Mm -hmm. you you showing your documentary Mm -hmm. women would show would send pictures of themselves to Mm -hmm. suitors right Mm -hmm. um that that was when it became a thing to look Mm -hmm. lighter right exactly was when the when the image became part of the equation like back in the day i'm sure like you would just have to physically go to you know yeah. your your husband's village and show yourself and yeah. obviously in person we all look a lot more beautiful in my opinion mm-hmm. but now when the camera became the thing and oh you can have more suitors now so you can send pictures all over the country mm-hmm. to looking for you know good suitors or to pictures yeah. to the next village now women were going oh why are we not getting picked all of a sudden is it because we're mm-hmm. lighter so that now perpetuates the whole thing and then mm-hmm. of course there's colonialism and all that other crazy stuff mm-hmm. but it's it's so, it's funny because Walu said hey it's phases man so you know I guess before <laughs> colonialism black all black was beautiful and then that whole thing came and then now it's lighter is better and I, I do believe we're transitioning to a phase where you know you know all black is beautiful absolutely and that's the aim that's the goal that. man yeah, I, just to I see actually, each complexion as beautiful sorry yep sorry Walu what were you saying no, I was gonna say I actually got like the inverse of it too, cause growing up in the hood, a lot of dudes they think you light skin, they think you're softer. So if dudes think mm. you're softer, they're gonna try you more. They're gonna try to punk you yeah. more. You know what I'm saying? You kind of have to fight a little bit more. A lot of times, you know, hanging around where I am, I had my bike stolen, had dudes throw broken bottles at me, all type of stuff. They called me mix, mutt, mulatto, all type of stuff. So That's you know, what I'm for me, I, I had to deal with stuff like that as well. So you know what I mean? You kind of learn to fight back as well when you don't fit into quite 
uh, certain categories or expectations of, totally. you know, where, where people kind of put you in. So, you know exactly. what I mean? It's, it's, it goes all around, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but but while Lou, you like Chris Brown though, you light skin on the outside, but on the inside, bro, <laughs> yeah, like you with dark skin. Yeah. I see, but like I see, but, but, I see Walu in action, man. Don't Walu, test Walu, man. I tell Walu, you, Walu, Chris Brown, yeah, yeah. Yo, whoever whoever tested Walu crazy, Walu don't play, man. I, I'm I was gonna man. make a comment, man. Like I think, I think the, the, the media definitely has a big part to play. I mean, even just after Absolutely. watching that documentary, I think I watched that documentary, but um on like uh, Wednesday, I think I did. And since then, um, you know, listening to music, I listen to music all day, every day. So listening to music, I've been listening more to like what rappers are saying and all of them all singing rap about light-skinned yep. women, like even a new Pop Smoke, which I love, the song Di- Diana with, with, with Christian Combs. On the hook, he's like, you know, right. shorty, light-skinned, you know, tatted, ass fat. I'm like, the light-skinned part is like, you make it seem like, yo, she was so bad, you know, cause she was light-skinned, right? So it's like, yo, how does that affect? Right. Like, dog school women listen to that. Like, how does that affect them? It must yeah. affect them in a, in a terrible way, you know? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So yeah. I guess, all that being said, Bev, like, what are tips for getting people to basically open their mind, right? You talked about that, that gentleman that had said, oh, I only date light-skinned women. And all it took was for you to get him to look at his mother, to get him to look at his family. And it kind of unlocked something in him. So mm-hmm. I'm sure they're... There, there, there are things that people can do on their own. You know, are there any books maybe or, or films or documentaries or anything or people that give seminars, anything that people can mm-hmm. do to, you know, unlock some of those things within themselves? You know, just any kind of tips or, you know, anything like that that you could yeah. think of. Obviously, your documentary to me is right up there. But, Thanks. you know, is there anything that people can read on? or? Yeah. Um, I think like, you know, one of the first things you could do is just research colorism, you know, definitely research colorism so you can have a deeper understanding of what it is and that will kind of open up like, you know, a lot of, give you a lot of information and give you a lot of websites where you can get even more information on, you know, um, colorism, the effects of colorism and and what it's doing to our society. I feel like that's really important. Um, I feel like, you know, um, in regards to other content that you could watch, there's a documentary that I watched like a few years, not a few years ago, a long time ago called um, Dark Dark Girls. Um, That's That's by Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. Um, And that really was, you know, a very powerful watch. I feel like you should, I mean, that should be something to watch as well. And there's a few Instagram pages. Like, I can't access my phone right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, but I would have given you the name of the page. But um, there's there's one called, uh, it's Dark Skin Something. I can't remember the name, but that page literally gives you all the information that you could ever need as far as, you know, um, this whole dark skin, light skin narrative and this whole conversation and, you know, tips on how right. to deal with it and how to how to be better in society. So I feel like, you know, first and foremost, the willingness to do better is um, the, first, mm-hmm. the first step and the most important step. And then wanting to know more and, you know, get information that could help you be better is definitely the, the second step, you know, for men, women, light-skinned women, dark-skinned women, men, dark-skinned men, ETC, do you get what I mean? And then for women, yeah. I just feel like, you know, obviously considering the fact that as it stands, like, colorism affects women a lot more um it affects the self-esteem of women a lot more you know so considering that i just feel like advice that i would give would be just to have 
positive words, you know, words of affirmation for yourself daily, you know, um, things that you can Positive remember. vibes only. Positive vibes Absolutely. only. Absolutely. You know, words that you yeah. can remember, um, things that you could say to yourself every single morning as soon as you wake, wake up, when you look in the mirror, like, you know, just positive vibes, you know, like, I am amazing, I'm powerful, I am enough, I am worthy, I am blessed. Do you get what I mean? Like, Absolutely. The more you say this thing, these things to yourself, the more you'll believe it. And the more you, you have to train your mind. Um, I think I said this yesterday, like, you have to train your mind to, you know, filter the information that you receive, you know, so, because we're right. going to re receive a ton of information, um, knowingly and unknowingly. And it's our responsibility to kind of filter what we receive. So if you see something online that yeah. says, you know, um, dark skin is not beautiful, for example, you have to allow your mind to, to challenge that statement. Do you get what I mean? Absolutely. And say, well, that is not true. I'm beautiful. Do you get it's, it's, it all yeah. begins and ends with you. So we all have a responsibility to, to um, teach ourselves, you know, te to teach, to treat ourselves the way we want to be treated. Do you get what I mean? And That's by right. that, I mean, just allow ourselves to to be better human beings. And that's why I say, that's why I said that the first step is definitely um, for as a woman, just ensuring that you are having only positive things to say about yourself and, and who you are. And I think that's a, a very good first step. Amen. Amen. Amen to that. I bet. Da bet. Dio. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to give a tip um, for all the ladies mm -hmm. out there. My Ghanaian brother, uh, Kofi Genfi, wrote a book um, called The Dark, The Dark Girl, I believe. You know, and that's a really good book, yeah. you know, based out in Ghana, book. but he lives in Jersey. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You know, and it's dedicated mm -hmm. to the dark girl. So and I believe it's like a collection of poems, mm -hmm. you know, specifically written for, for the dark girl. So that's mm -hmm. something that, you know, I feel like our listeners could check out. Mm -hmm. Kofi Genfi, you can find him on Instagram, K-O-F-I-G-E-N-F-I. -E and his book is on Amazon and all other platforms as well. But it's and a I beautiful book. I, I should also recommend, um, I think Lupita released a book, Lupita Yongo released a book, I think, uh, late oh, yeah. last year. Oh, yeah, I think kids, okay. it's kids called book. Suwe, right. yeah, I think that's really important. Right. So if you have children, okay. um, I think it's really important to get them that book. Yeah, so that they Absolutely. can just start seeing yeah. beauty in the, in the way that it should be seen. Yeah, and also as parents, sense of what your children watch as well. That is so important. You know, you need to sense what your children watch because mm -hmm. they receive information in so many ways and it's so subtle it's so subtle and sometimes unintentional but it's there you know like you know in films when you look at the villain the villain's always wearing black you know or and the, the good person's always yeah. wearing white it's just very subtle, it's, it's subtle and for, for a child yeah. it represents something so yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i was gonna f my fault chief but it's real quick I, I like the last part in the documentary that i want to talk about is the subtleness of, you know, just the term black, right, versus white. Um, after that scene where, you know, the little girl said, I'm not black, black, right? The next scene mm -hmm. where we talked about, you know, black versus white, like, it reminded me of the, the, the Malcolm X movie by Spike Lee, where there was a scene in that film where I, Malcolm X was in prison, you know, talking to, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I guess the Muslim brother that was trying to convert him at the time. He was still mm -hmm. stuck in his bad ways. And he brought up the definition of black, yeah. right? And brought up the definition of white. And they got mm -hmm. the dictionary mm -hmm. and they looked up the definition of black and it had all these negative, negative connotations yeah. next to it. 
And then he asked who, wrote, who and wrote this dictionary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? And then it's like they brought up the word white, and then white said pure, pure. The highest form, you yeah. know, elegant, innocent. like all these innocent. What? You know, um, that just that that right there just that goal that shows you is like mm-hmm. this is a lot deeper than surface level shit. You know, we're mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of things that you know we have to take into totally. account. So and you, you know. can also follow the skin, the documentary page. Oh, yeah. Like, that's, that's um, you know, all about inspiring young black girls and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're doing a good job. Yeah, yeah that's exactly what I was going to say, too. No, I was, um, was going to talk about the definitions, too, and how Webster and all these dictionaries, mm. they need to redefine, you know, black and... Um, and and white because like you said you know black I you know agree. you see dark in a dictionary for, for for white you see light you know in a dictionary and mm-hmm. as well as these big cosmetic companies as well because in your documentary you know exactly. you, you you pointed out that these companies use the term um whitening a lot you know mm-hmm. one of your products mm-hmm. it's like that that needs to go as mm-hmm. well you know because that, that's that's a psychological I agree. problem i agree 100 percent. and even like you know the depiction of jesus christ like Mm-hmm. Oh exactly. yeah, we, oh, we gonna <laughs> yeah. talk about it. That's another thing. Even though, even though, e- even though, the, even though the Bible describes him as having feet of bronze and hair yeah. of cotton, yeah. but all of a sudden he's blonde hair and blue, blue eyes, eyes and white. Yeah. And you know, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's a big yeah. one. They've been bleaching us since Jesus. They've been bleaching us since Jesus. Right. So yeah. anyway, you know, we're going to transition um, to a very, very special part of our podcast. It's called the Song of the Week part of the podcast. We all talk about a song that we've been listening to that's been getting us through the week. Um, I think I'll go first in that since, you know, this documentary was about you. This podcast was about your documentary, Skin. I definitely have to give it Don't up steal to my song, Skin, girl. Don't steal my song. You gonna- <laughs> no, you were not going to do Beyonce and Brown Skin, girl. What no, you- I wasn't going to say oh. that one. But you were close. You were close. Oh, so okay. Good. I was close, but yeah, Beyonce, brown skin girl, that's my song. Okay. Uh, so Beverly, I mean, since it's Beyonce, what's what's your song? So mine is Brown Skin, India Ari. Ooh, that's a beautiful one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I actually run to that song sometimes. No lie. Yeah, it's a yeah. beautiful song. Where's India Ari? We need her to come back. I mean, did she even yeah, leave? I, mean, I, I don't know. know. I think she's just doing her thing. She popped up somewhere recently. She's doing something recently. She made some headlines. I can't remember exactly for what, though. Okay. Oh, really? I hope she ain't canceled or nothing like that, because you might have to recant your song of the week, bro. <laughs> well, Lou, what's your song of the week, bro? Man, I'm going with um, Pop Smoke, Enjoy Yourself. But the featuring, Burna, featuring Burna Boy. Pop smoke, I yeah. Oh, really? Featuring nice. Burner, I haven't heard that. Yeah. Nice. I, didn't I, don't, know. I don't know. I don't think it made the official version. I think it's that kind of oh, cut. Okay. But you got to look for the Burner Boy version. Of okay. Oh, fact. Anything Burner Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Burner Boy. Yeah, he definitely popped me. Right now, you know? Hey, Boogie. You listening? To? You know what? You know what? Um, just, just cause of the podcast, I had to go deep, deep into my bag, man. And you know, this week I've been listening to a lot of TLC, bro. Exactly, exactly. And the song the song that I chose out of all of their hits is Unpretty. Uh-huh. Feel like you were pretty, bro. That's never, never. I remember the never first like time you. I watched that video I started crying. You know, because it actually exactly. resonated. So yeah, that Super was iconic a, video. As a yeah. kid. Yeah. Iconic. And, and Bev, I didn't know you was a crier until I watched the documentary. I said, ah. Yo, the first time you cried, I was like, oh, 
Second time, you you almost had me. The third time, I broke down, bro. <laughs> you was in the village. Like, you was I in the village even crying. Run. I'm, Yo, a, I'm a crier. I'm very emotional. You hurt too. You 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 in the village and your and your grandma going. What? And her mom said, oh, she's that? overwhelmed. Bro, I was yeah. overwhelmed. I was like, I'm overwhelmed too. Yeah. <laughs> now, that was, that was uh, a lot of fear was watching that moment too, man, because, uh, yeah. you know, we yeah. talked about this in uh, one of our past episodes, just about spending more time, you know, with your parents and, yeah. you know, grandparents mm-hmm. and your loved ones. And, like, a lot of the questions that you were asking, I love the questions you were asking, you know, about, about yeah. her yeah. upbringing. I was just thinking about it. Like, these are questions that, you know, we all should be asking, you know, because they have, they have so much history yeah. and knowledge to give us, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like, mm-hmm. man, spend exactly. those times, you know, cherish those moments and ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yeah. I agree. So, G.O., what about you, man? What you been bumping? Yeah, man, must, I wish, man, I, I had to use this uh, a couple weeks ago, man, because I, I still been listening to, to Black Star, um, Brown Skin Lady, that song, but I know I used that a couple weeks oh. ago. But this week, after That's watching um, um, Bev's uh, documentary, I was listening to Shades by, by Wale. And uh, Chris Set Michelle, cause, you know, he, 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 yeah, he talks a lot about colorism as well in that song. You know, Wale has always been a big um, advocate for for dark skin yeah. women as well. So, you know, that's a that's a beautiful yeah. song to check that out. Yeah. Absolutely. So there you have it, the song of the week. Bumping. Turn up. <laughs> So yeah, real quick before we wrap up, we're gonna talk about you know the good, the bad, the positive is another portion of our show where we talk about something good that's happening in our lives, something bad yeah. that's happening, and the positive silver lining that we have uh, that we see through it all. So Beverly, you know what's a little good that's going on? What's a little bad? And what's the silver um, lining? Good thing is, good thing is, I'm working on my next project. Dumb excited about Amen. it. Can't wait to announce. Nice. But yeah, it's really exciting. Um, Bad thing is, Dio, do you know this afternoon when we we're talking about, um, you know, when you're giving me, you're telling me about, you know, the, you're telling me about the, the show and everything. And then you said how, you know, yeah. um, for example, you could get, if it's something bad, you could, if it happened, you could just say you stubbed your foot. Why did I stub right. my foot on my yep. way up the stairs? That thing. That no, hurt. you're lying. <laughs> I'm serious. And it hurt like crazy. Yeah. Like it hurt for like a good 10 minutes. So that was the bad. Listen, it's. A toe stub can ruin your whole like, day. Like, I can yeah. stub my toe in the morning and literally just it be hurt. grumpy It the really whole day. did so hurt. And it's so weird because I haven't done that in a very long time. So I was like, Dial, thank you. You just jinxed me. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> my fault, my fault. My fault. Um, silver lining. So it's the positive. I would, yeah. Yeah. Silver lining, I would say, um, you know, um, every, every, nothing bad lasts forever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. So, Short and sweet. Yeah, that, Nothing bad lasts forever. I love that. That was dope. Yeah. So that's it. Anybody else? Anybody else got a good, bad, or positive for a week? Um, yeah. For me, you know, uh, I recently acquired some black soap. You shit, man. So I've been lathering in the black soap. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, 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 that's a game changer. That's a game changer, you know? You shit, man. Um, and, and uh, you know, to, to stay on topic, I've been I've been lotioning and oiling down with the shea moisture. Shit, you know, <laughs> like keep keeping it all black, man. Black lives matter, you know. And then, and, and then the end of the end of it all, I've been using the black the black castor oil in the beard. You know, hey. my shit be shit looking good. Hey. Like you about it. oil. Come on, man. My beard stay glistening. I got I got the JoJo ball oil for the fragrance. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Like I'm not playing. I'm not Ooh. playing. So like, 
Like I've been doing Ooh. that consistently for a couple of days, and I've been seeing results. That's so like that's crazy. the good. Um, the bad is <laughs> Brianna Taylor. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But the bad though is Brianna Taylor's killers are still out there. That's you know, yeah. right. Brianna Taylor, say her name. They still out there. Yeah. You fucking mad? We need them locked up. But the they silver suck. lining though is. You know, thank God we're all on platforms where we could continue to, mm-hmm. you know, bring awareness to Breonna Taylor's killers being out there. So yeah. I just want to use my voice in this platform, you know, to say that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, they going to get locked up, God willing. Um, yeah, so that's it. Okay, uh, you know, my good uh, is actually a good friend of mine, my man Gav, Gav Gal. Um, he's closing a, mm. closing a new house out in Maryland. So he just, let's go. Yeah, he just moved let's out go. to Maryland. You know, that's, he's been uh, working on that for some time. That was a whole process for him. So I'm very happy. So shout out to the OG Gab Gal. That's my guy for the week. Yo, Chihi in PG County. Yeah, I you think he's know, in PG, PG County. You know, PG County's where it's at. Yeah, yeah, okay, he's in okay, PG okay. County. I was making fun of him. That's man. where like they his, breed. I... His son is gonna grow up in Maryland. <laughs> I mean, he's not. He's not gonna be from the Bronx. So <laughs> he's not gonna be a New Yorker. <laughs> Maryland. Um, nah, and then and then the bad too. No, it's funny you said that because I was, I was gonna say the exact same thing, you know, beyond the Taylor, like the killers are still out there, so you know, okay. we're still waiting for exactly. an arrest, so waiting on that's my bad too. And I'm um, and then the positive is you know, we looking forward to another meeting, you know, today. I'm um, gonna talk about PBO clothing. Um, you know, we got some, some good right. things in the works. You know, Dahlia was working Facts. on designs all week that came out looking lovely, so. You know, very excited for, for PBO clothing. <laughs> so, um, you know, look out for that soon, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gotta send something to Beth. Oh, I got, send me my oh. shit. She, she, she. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I don't have anything in particular too much, man. Just justice for Deanna Taylor. I mean, let's, let's get some Fox. justice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Same. Same here, you know, my good, I woke up this morning and any day I'm still breathing, it's good with me. Um, no no bad at all, honestly. I, I feel blessed and I feel happy, but, but no bad at all. Yeah, um, and then, you know, the, the silver lining is always meeting up with you guys, always getting a chance to talk. You know, the PBO mm. podcast clearly is something that's um, showing a lot of success. People are definitely listening. and I'm yeah, we, had a, we had a thousand listeners platform. this week, right? Guy. We did. A we did with a thousand. A thousand. Yeah. And only, so, only like five episodes. We got a thousand listens. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, a thousand I mean, downloads. Spotify, cut the check. Cut the check. But yes, there you have it. PVO Podcast, episode seven. I want to thank you, Beverly, so much for joining us in this episode. We are very fortunate to have you join us on the show. Uh, real quick before we go, can you just tell you know our listeners where they can find you on social media? If you have projects coming out, like you know, just tell us a little about you know what's what's yeah. ahead for you. Yeah, thanks, Dio. Um, I really enjoyed this. This was fun. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram um, at the Beverly Naya, Twitter Beverly Naya. Um, you can also follow the Skin Documentary page, which is at Skin the Documentary. So yeah, those are the main places that you can find me, and you can also watch Skin. The documentary on Netflix is Absolutely. currently on there it's worldwide. So yeah, perfect. So yeah, you, you guys heard it there. I got, Listen, I got one more question for Bev, man. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I got one more comment. Go ahead, Chief. I just want to know. She, she, always, be, she <laughs> always be asking <laughs> questions during the outro. She gonna wait for the outro and ask a question. I said, while we're on the topic, man, I just want to know, you know, how you like your men? You want them dark skin or light skin? Down it, I'm playing. Y'all gotta answer that. <laughs> What's your preference? Sup? <laughs> Cheese and <So>? mess. <laughs> what's up? Uh, uh, oh wait, this is the real question. That's the real question. Oh, man, I'm joking, man. You I good? Mean, you good? <laughs> no, okay. You don't gotta answer if you want to, man. You you don't you don't want to offend my man Walu. It's cool. <laughs> hey, man, who, who knows, man? Somebody else might be offended, man. Maybe not me. She didn't say nothing. She ain't say nothing yet. You know what I mean? That's so, true. What's up? This is true. She said. What's she said up? no. Let's just say I have a preference, but. If I look at the other complexion and he gives me that vibe, then I could be attracted to that one oh, too. Mm, Let's put it like vibe. that. Pivot. But yeah, I have it's a all about the vibe. She, <laughs> she, she, she needs the vibes. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Yo, but I wanted to bring up um, Dooney's podcast, like in regards to a place where you know not only dark skinned oh, yes. women but just women in general can go to. Beauty I, needs me. Beauty needs me. So like I, I yeah. forgot to say that earlier, but that's a great. Um, resource for women that you know want to, you know, better educate themselves on like mm-hmm. self love, self confidence, self esteem, yeah, absolutely, and, and, and you know, and and self realization, all of the selves. Go to that podcast; it's lit. Yeah, my fault, dog. You can close it out now. My bad, brother. Yeah. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the PVO podcast again. I want to thank Beverly Naya for joining us. And, you know, gracing us with her presence and her words of affirmation and her gems and her advice. Um, please, please, people, go watch the Skin Documentary. It's now streaming on Netflix. It's definitely one you don't want to miss. And there you have it. PBO. Positive vibes only. Always. If it's not positive, we don't want it. We hate it. Get it out of here. Positive vibes only.